G'day guys and welcome to the Coach Mark Carroll podcast. Today we have a special guest, Jenna Davies from Big Appetite. How are you going, Jenna? I'm good. Happy Friday. Thanks for having me on. So many of you guys will probably have seen Jenna on social media or on my graphics on my website. <laughs> She's miraculously always seems to weasel her way onto every graphic. <laughs> Um, and for those who don't know Jenna, I'll get Jenna to give a quick intro, but long story short, Jenna, and I have been friends, I think for out over five years and we've worked together at times for years and, um, I coach Jenna and she's a WBFF pro and she has, um, different businesses and whatnot, which I'll let Jenna get into. And then today's episode, we're going to talk a bit more about content business. Um, and yeah, that's what Jenna's great at. So Jenna, do you want to give everyone a quick, I guess, 30 second, 60 second elevator pitch on who you are and what you're doing at the moment? Yes. Hi, thank you. My name is Jenna, as Mark said, and I work with online coaches to grow and scale their businesses. We have a tech marketing company, essentially, where we build online solutions to help your clients get the best results possible and to help you build a brand and share that brand with the people who you are most passionate about helping. So that is what I do. It's what I have essentially always done. My background is in commerce and sales and um, moved into fitness business marketing, essentially, four years ago or so now. And here we are. Well, so Jenna and I obviously are friends and we talk a whole lot about different things in life and, you know, often we'll call each other and give each other advice. And I've got this theory recently that, that especially in business, but you see it in, you know, everything we probably do is that often we're really good at giving advice and that a lot of the advice we give is often things that we know as well we should do. And, you know, I, I, I remember reading recently about, you know, I'm talking about business and things like that. Often, you know, as a business, if someone asks you a question for tips on their business, you can, it's quite easy to give people tips and you know that, but then often on your own, own, own personal business and whatever your brand or whatever, often you might not actually be implementing those tips and you, 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 you know, kind of what needs to be done. It's actually quite easy to see other people not doing it, but for yourself, often it's kind of like, yeah, I know I should be doing it, but it's it's quite hard um, to actually get around to it. And what it kind of leads me to that is recently, obviously, you've been doing a lot more content, a lot more kind of um, marketing, I guess, your own personal brand, not just your business, big appetite, you know, you got your podcast, all that stuff out. And I think it's kind of cool because obviously you're in a position where you haven't really desperately needed to kind of do that, but you're kind of doing it. So do you want to kind of give everyone a bit of a, a rundown of the changes and, you know, the difference between, you know, working on big appetite, your business, which helps trainers versus now you're trying to build up Jenna Davies, I guess. Yeah, for sure. So I think we all understand the difference between working in the business and working on the business. And when you are starting out, or when you have a business and you need clients or you want to achieve a revenue target, people generally attack marketing. And it's when they attack marketing that they see growth. And we had built such a solid product from the time that we'd launched Big Appetite because 
having that industry experience and having done what I had done previously with the fitness business strategy, the product that we had created was so good that it was, it was sort of selling itself in the sense that we were so busy working in the business we never really felt like, well, I never really felt like I had to work on it in the sense of marketing and content creation. We had a vision to create tech and we've just launched our tech and there was a vision to um, productize that tech, which is what I'm focused on doing now. And I've always just been really in the trenches the last couple of years working with my clients to help them showcase the results that they get because their success really is my success. And now I'm in a position where I can, leverage the success of my clients and show the results that they have been able to achieve to essentially be more credible in that market to sell myself. However, I realized that what I wasn't doing was the exact things that I was telling my clients to do. I wasn't putting out content. I wasn't um, offering value. I was just kind of running around being like, I'm so busy. I'm so frantic. I'm so busy working with my clients. And that's all that I was sharing. So um in recent times, like in the last probably four weeks, I have been posting more content. I've been telling my clients to do the things that I've been doing the things I tell my clients to do, like set my camera up and film the sessions that I give to my paying clients. And then I chop that up and make content out of it. And um, I've seen like a 4X increase in the inbound leads that I've been getting, which is great because um we it, it wasn't coming from a place of need for leads anyway um it was just coming from a place of wanting to be genuine and add value but building that um personal brand back and and really narrowing my niche with what I do and I think it just helps you to stay top of mind and that means that you will be considered when that problem arises for your target audience my I remember my friend, um, Brett Campbell, who's got a really big, um, digital agency up, up here in Gold Coast, Claxton and stuff like that. And super successful. And I remember he was talking to me, I think last year and Sheridan, Sheridan Sky, you guys all would know, was talking to me quite a lot about, you know, podcasts and stuff like that. And that's something I was always like, ah, podcast, like doing a podcast, like if I can get, you know, get, put out my content and get you know, thousands and thousands of views, like why do a podcast? I know, you know, big, I know people with millions of followers, they might get 20,000 downloads on a podcast or a million views on, on a reel. And so why bother a podcast? And I remember Brett, um, kind of saying to me quite a lot is that the big difference of a podcast is that if someone's listening to, you you know, for 20, 30 minutes, two, three times a week, you're building a much deeper relationship with your audience they're truly learning about you whereas these these days social media is just so quick hitter you know yeah they might you might get a million views these days on a 20 second reel of something but is it building a deeper relationship and for me obviously putting out my podcast has the last year you know been something that was quite challenging at the start you know the thought of doing a podcast was was terrifying and stuff like that. And now it's like, all right, this is probably the one thing I find the most easiest and enjoyable because you just talk and, you know, you get your thoughts and feelings out there. For you with your podcast, which I know you've only started, but I know it's going really well. How have you found kind of, I guess, the difference in, 
in, I guess, getting your knowledge out there in that space versus say doing reels and stuff like that. And what's your kind of, I guess, what is your goal? My goal with my podcast is just to educate. Like I just want to blow people away. And if I do it one of myself, I just want to give them 25 minutes of just fire, you know? So like for you, like what's your goal with it and how have you found it? Great question. I think Thank you. The, <laughs> the goal for podcasting, it's a question I ask all my clients as well. Like if you just want to set up a camera and chop up reels of yourself from a longer form of content, um, it's not necessarily, you, you do have to have a goal with podcasting. And I feel podcasting allows me to elaborate in a way where it can truly be understood I think with a reel or with a reel, you want to be short and sharp and have a hook and, you know, 10 to 30 seconds, people get bored. So it's like, do this one thing. If you want to kill a converting website and then, um, you know, with a podcast, it's like, but how do you do that? Where do you start? Why do you do it that way? I think it's really important that people genuinely understand why they're making a decision that they're making so that they're equipped to make decisions with that rationale again and the reason why you make a decision in business can often come down to two things is it necessary and does it does it get you closer to where you want to be so podcasting for me has allowed me to elaborate on the content that delivers the results for my business and for my clients and secondly just the short 10 minute in between sessions go get a coffee go for a walk listen to this and learn something that you can do today something that's immediately actionable that people can do um and then when I give them that help and it it's a win that they can get it's a run on the board for them then they trust me a little bit more to come back to me for more help in the future so I know you said that since doing more of your content the last what one to two months or so that you, you've got a lot more, you know, leads and obviously you've had a good business and stuff like that um, before. And, but now you're getting more and more leads. Do you kind of put that down to the social media content, the reels or the podcasts? Uh, look, I definitely think both. I think you, I can't attribute the sales to, one particular aspect but what tends to happen is this right so on sales calls I'm always like why now why me it's very important that you ask your clients that so you understand where they heard about you and then what really made them think think okay now's the time so when I say why now why me it's usually been following you for a while and obviously the more you post the more top of mind you will be because you can stay current um, and strengthen the associations based on the topic that you are posting. But it's always, I listen to you on a podcast. And it was only, it's like, I've everyone that I feel I've worked with more or less have been following me for a while, um, unless it's like a referral, but it's when they then heard me on a podcast. And like, I just like the way you say things. I feel like I can relate to you. I feel like you get me. I feel really understood by you. And, you know, you can create sales pages and you can create marketing content and you can put all the buzzwords in the world on it. But it's the ability to see your customer, to understand your client and to work with them to solve the problem that they have. That's why people want to work with coaches um, or consultants or strategists, obviously, with what we do. So um, I think podcasts have definitely helped with driving conversions because it's built a relationship. We obviously sell a service at Big Appetite. It's a bit more 
I don't hate the word like high ticket, but it is a highly involved uh, process building a business. So um, I think that podcasting has really helped people to build a connection whilst Reels have probably promoted that podcast as well. Yeah, I feel like it's obviously, you know, the bigger your business grows in general, you start doing more and more things. And I feel like everything contributes to some degree and, you know, they might hear you or see you on a reel and they're like, oh, that's so interesting. But then they see a podcast and they listen to it like, oh, wow, I learned more about that. Then they listen to another one and another one. And then they start to, oh, this person really knows I can relate to this person or I enjoy their, I enjoy how they deliver their content or, you know, I think it just these days more than ever, you as a person is what really, you know, sells your, your business more than ever. You know, you are having your own personal brand. is just so imperative. And, you know, this is why I was kind of pushing to Jenna a long time. I was like, go do a podcast. You got a lot of value to give to people, you know, go post content. And, you know, Jenna's often telling me, you know, the pages she likes and, you know, she likes Gary Vee and all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but Gary Vee posts four times a day, you know, so like he has his big business and, you know, I was like, there's no, no difference between you and him and stuff. What the value is the only difference is the value of them putting out the content for the people to see, you know, it's no good. If only a few people can see it, that's the power of, you know, social media these days, you can show the world what you have to offer, you know, on, on such a large platform. So with going back to, I remember you um, earlier, you said making time and stuff and, this is a big thing I think everyone struggles with yeah. when you've got a busy life. It's like, what will make time? What, what, how do I make time in my current schedule and stuff like that? And often the things we, we say we don't want to make time for is the thing that we most often want or need to actually take our life to the next level. And if you actually look at everything you do in your day, they're often a large proportion of that isn't all that important. I just think we get in such a deep routine of this is what I do. This is my life. How can I fit in something else when often it's like, well, how, how, how can I take away a lot of stuff? That's really not all that important. Or how can I condense things? So for you, I know you still always say, it's like, Oh man, I'm, I'm so busy with my time and stuff like that. Like how did you kind of go about making more time for content? Because this is something I know so many people have troubles with. And I know your clients, you know, often moms, dads, or, you know, busy trainers. It's like, oh my God, I'm I'm so busy. And now I want to grow my business, but I know I need a market, but how can I do that? Mm -hmm. How you spend your time is a direct reflection of what you value. And I really value my career goals. I really value the success of my clients. And I'm really so devoted and passionate about what I'm working towards because I believe in the impacts that that the product that I have will make on this planet and, and on people, helping coaches help people. And so filming content and creating content to get a message out there is so important for creating that impact. And I think I also had an element of imposter syndrome. I also had an element of fear. I think confidence comes from evidence. Confidence comes from repeatedly doing things. And when you know you're good at something, then you don't even think twice about it. And I hated fumbling around with reels. I I didn't know how to make TikToks. I'm so 
busy doing what I do best that I never dedicated time to learning these platforms. And when you don't know how to do something, you don't feel good about it. Nobody wants to go walk into a busy gym at 5 p.m. and use something that they've never seen for the first time. So I had to practice. I had to really practice how to use things. I had to call in on resources like editors or just getting it done with other people just to build confidence within myself in doing it. And I am a confident person. I don't think twice about doing so many things, but I think with creating content, not knowing what to use, not knowing where to start, not knowing how to do it. And then on top of that, by the time you learn, it updates. By the time you like understand the editing style that you want to do, that by the time you start making your captions, it just updates and it changes again. And it was becoming so frustrating for me because it felt like I, I felt like I was spending so much time trying to make this content that was then just looking shitty. And so because... I'm in a position where I was able to invest in the content because my products essentially have always sort of sold themselves and get such great results with our clients that um, the, the referrals and the business is solid. I was able to invest in content creation. And when you have a business, you spend money to make time or you spend time to make money. It's really the only two decisions that you can manipulate is how, like how you invest your time and your money. And so um, I wasn't confident with creating content. That's why I wasn't doing it. And so I had to invest in time to learning, to become more confident, learning what I needed and learning who could help me. Then I invested money into doing it. And then I started seeing the return and that gave me the evidence to become more confident with creating content. It kind of sounded like, you know, someone trying to get momentum to lose weight and go to the gym and get the confidence up. You know, it's like, oh, I don't know where to start. I know I need to do it. But I don't exactly know how. And, you know, the big thing with a lot of these, a lot of these things, it's just kind of starting and yeah, it sucks at the start. And, but the faster you figure out what sucks and faster you figure out what's not working, you also start to figure out quickly better ways to do stuff. And, you know, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those annoying things in life where I feel like you just need to get out of your own way and just get started and just do it and do something. And then once you get a, a start, you go, Oh, wow, it's not this terrifying. There's some bit of momentum mm -hmm. and yeah, going. Um, I want to lead into the outside of just your content journey. Obviously Jenna works with personal trainers who come to her for help with kind of growing their business, especially online. Obviously I have a lot of personal trainers who listen and you know, anyone who's in business or interested in business in general. So two questions I, I want to really ask on our podcast today is what is the most common problem most PTs come to you with lately? And when I mean, what I mean by this is like the most common problem is you get lots of personal trainers coming to you and, you know, some people might be really new. Some people might be really advanced as a trainer, but I'm sure there's often quite similar business problems they're having that might, might make them be holding them back from actually going to that next level. Like, what do you, what do you, what do you guys find as probably the most common? Okay. I think, you know, when you get a new client as a coach and they're 30 carrying 15 extra kilos, don't know how it happened, but they're here coming Me, to you. Coach Mark Carroll. <laughs> right. Like, 
I believe people grossly overestimate what they can do uh, like in a 12-week period, right? And, and underestimate what they can do in a 12-month period. And this usually comes from the fact that they don't have confidence within themselves. And I'm really careful with how I say this, but it is this, it's this self-belief, it's this imposter syndrome and this self-doubt where you have to be able to move yourself out of your own way. And I, I understand how that sounds, but I get coaches come to me and they want to build a business. And realistically, if you just had 30 individual people paying you a hundred bucks a week, which is so achievable. I don't care what you say. It's so achievable. That's $3,000 a week in revenue. And that's more than what a lot of people do have when they, when they come to us. Right. And the, the reason they can't do that is because of themselves. It's not the website that you don't have. It's, it's not the systems that you don't have. You can coach people with a spreadsheet and you can you can sell to people over a Zoom or a phone call or in person. So I think the first thing is self-belief because you can only set goals as big as you can dream them to be. And it's plain small that's going to keep you small. Can I um just touch base on that whole self-belief thing? Um, well, you know, I often get nice messages and people tell me that, you know, and I hate sound like this sounds like a wanker and stuff like that. But, you know, general often tell people, me that, oh, coaches come to her and say they, you know, look up to me and look up to my business and stuff. And, and you know, I get messages from trainers or when I see people and stuff like that. And one of the things people, I think, think about people who are maybe a little bit more advanced, um, ahead of them at the moment in their journey is that, oh, man, it must be so easy and they must feel amazing and stuff like that. Like, like I, I think I suck at things every day like I think you know it, pretty much every time I go on my podcast I'm like oh what's the point like I, I get all these <laughs> negatives like I suck no one cares you know or when I go to a release a new program I'm like oh this is not gonna sell you know my business sucks like my life is full of just negative like voices and feeling down and you know Jenna will know better than anyone you know how bad I kind of often feel at times and still though the the one thing I'll give myself credit for is I still do it always. I still get it on. I'm always doing it. I always do stuff. So it's that kind of thing is that I think too often people think, oh man, like these trainers or whatever who are a bit more known or whatever, whatever must feel so good and must be so easy and they feel confident. No, absolutely, absolutely not. I can assure you that. But I think the one big thing like someone like myself does is it's that ability to try and do it anyways when you feel like it's not going to go well winners and losers have the same goal it's the systems that set them apart and it's the consistency into those systems that will allow you to reap the rewards of those systems so when you don't believe in yourself but you do it anyway maybe it's because you're committed to your cause or you believe in the outcome or you have a really strong why and as a personal trainer, if you have clients come to you and, you know, what sets, the res what sets the person apart from the one who does or doesn't get results, it's because they believe in themselves, they see the goal, there's so many studies and so much evidence to support visualization into where you want to go or having a strong purpose or 
being strongly driven by your why, whether it's your friends or family or to be a better person or whatever the hell it is. But honestly, only you can do the work in business. Only you can learn what you need to learn. Only you can network with who you need to leverage and grow. Only you can learn how you can invest better. Only you can make your money. Only you can make it your sales. Whether you have a business or a job, like when you have a job, people pick you over somebody else until you give them a reason to pick somebody else over you, right? You have to make your decisions wisely and your your decisions are a direct reflection of what you value and how you believe in yourself. So that's the biggest problem that I think a lot of people have is that they just play small because they don't fucking believe that they can do bigger. Like what happened to the people that were saying, I want to start my own supplement company. I want to start my own activewear brand. You hear people in there don't even bother playing in that space anymore because they think it's saturated, but there they are online coaching, right? So it's just all in your head, essentially the way that you you make your moves. And then I, the second biggest problem that I'd have to say is not focusing on the end goal. So when you are living in a world with rising interest rates and rising rentals or the rising cost of living, you tend to focus on, I just need my 30 clients. And then you get your 30 clients and you go cruise or you do another bodybuilding show, or you go on a holiday and then you lose seven and you come back and you're like, fuck, I need my seven clients back. And then you get your seven clients and then three drop off and you get three more and you just kind of like, this is what I need to be happy. This is what I need to be comfortable, my 3K a week or 5K a week, whatever. And then that's where you stay. And then one day you hit 35 or whatever it is and you want to have a family and you're like, oh my God, what am I going to do when I don't want to do this anymore and I have no way of making this money anymore because I'm not servicing the people that I'm servicing. I think that's a really big problem that trainers have is they get stuck cruising. There's this, like, literally I said to somebody on a call the other day, how's your day? And they said, yeah, pretty cruisy. And it just makes me so angry because I'm like, I know that you're going to get to a point when you don't want to work like that anymore and you don't have any investments in in what you've been doing. And this is a not even a job where you're earning, you know, super or or leave or long service leave. This is a business where hopefully you're paying yourself super, but whatever. Your business has to give back to you. So set goals for the future. Have an exit strategy is actually what I'm trying to say here. The second thing is trainers either don't, trainers don't believe in themselves and they don't have an exit strategy and you need to have an exit strategy around how are you going to sell and cash out on this period of time that you have invested everything into this group of people and into this business. What is, what is your exit strategy? Um, what does that look like for you? Are you going to diversify your product offering are you going to sell shares are you going to be acquired by somebody else or I think you've got to think realistically what's the end game look like for this business what's the legacy that I'm leaving because who would take it over if it was just Jenna Davies PT right so I think that those are probably the two two biggest things and everything else along the way is are, are pawns that you move in 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 the game really I was just um reading a book recently um and it was a lot about the idea or getting people to understand the difference between tactics and strategy and strategy is something you know 
you know, you think kind of long-term about it's like kind of where I want to go or as tactic is, all right, what can I do right now to get a kind of a short win, a small win and stuff like that. So with the idea of a strategy though, it's kind of thinking big and thinking long-term whereas, and that's often quite hard because often, you know, we're always just like, how, how can we survive? How can we make money this week? How can we get somebody in? And, and for my own self or my own business, you know, I always get questions like where, where, where are you going in the next five years and stuff? It's like, oh, well, you know, like it's quite hard, I think, for personal trainers. And I think it's quite, and most people in general, but to kind of think really long-term because things move so quickly. And for, for myself, you know, even where I'm at right now, five years ago, never was this a goal because the world was a bit different. And what I didn't, you didn't really think it was possible. So things, I think though, with fitness move really quickly. So you kind of have to think on your feet and make smart decisions for right now while simultaneously trying to think where might the industry be going in the future. So the people who seem to do really well are the ones who are ahead of the curve and not just, you know, having the things, having life happen to them. And that's often quite hard. Yeah, I agree. And I love this purpose-led profit movement. If you look at Netflix in 1998, they have the same vision that they do now, which was to create or to provide great content for the world. And more or less that has not changed. The wording and the way they've said it hasn't changed. So people, humans have a few core needs to be seen and heard, to belong and and to be loved and to obviously safety and security. So think if you can be committed to, to to something that really is strongly attached to a core need and you stay true to that and that is part of your purpose, then your ability to move and elevate with the times is a lot more fluid and strong because you, you are adaptable when you are committed to your purpose but not to the vessel. You know, Warren Buffett has that quote, if you row so hard and you feel like you're getting nowhere, you're in the wrong boat. And... Um, it's, it's not that you're doing the, the, you're just in the wrong, you're in the wrong boat. You've got to jump ship essentially. And I think when you're committed to where you're going, which is not essentially the destination, but that purpose that you are solving that if you're committed to that core problem that you are solving then how you do it can change. And Netflix were sending DVDs in the mail to people. And then they had subscription boxes and then they had massive warehouses facilitating the business that they were running before they became a streaming business and then a production company. They had ne- never intended to produce movies. They never thought that they would be a streaming service when they created what they created. Just like five years ago, when you were running sessions in the gym in the morning, you never thought that you you essentially would be here servicing over 120,000 clients around the world with your methods. And it's when you're really committed to what it is that you're doing and, and why you're doing it, that what it is can change. And it's really important as a PT because the trends are, are you know, history repeats itself. If you look at the the amount of trainers that are so booked out with face-to-face and the boutique fitness centers that are charging 55 bucks a week, like these trends do change. I have a question though. And this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. And I think, 
I think these days, I think probably through the rise of social media, the gl- over glorification of being an entrepreneur and an over glorification of, you know, being running your own business. And I think too often it seems so easy and, oh man, I should do it. And when it comes to being a personal trainer, what happens? You, you know, you go get your certificates often when you're really young, you get qualified to help people. And then all of a sudden, you know, you've done your set three, set four, you're a personal trainer after six, nine months. So you go, all right, most professions. Now I go, you know, work for a place, but you know, so many people now it's like, all right, cool. You got set three, set four. Now you're a business owner. Now you're a small business owner. Go run a business. Now you have an empire. Apparently. Yeah. So it's, I find it's kind of fun. It's like, you know, most industries, no one's a business owner until for years, you know, you get a trade and you work as an apprentice for years, or you get a job and you work in a company, you, you know, you do years and years and years before the, uh, all right, maybe, you know, I, I, that I might go start my own thing. But I also think these days, my opinion is due to the over glorification of trying to be an entrepreneur. Often, I think a lot of people go down that route thinking that they need to grow this massive business and they need to have a huge social media following. They need to have thousands of clients and and they need to have subscriptions and all that. And honestly, so many people I truly believe would have so much more happiness just by, you know, being a PT in a gym and having 25, 30 sessions a week or having two, 15 clients and they come twice a week to see you. And I, I know some of my clients who are PTs, they're mums, and they have a little home studio in their garage and they have, you know, 25, 30 sessions and it works well because they've got little kids and they can, you know, don't have to go anywhere. And often I've spoken to them that, you know, they used to try and do this and grow this stuff. And they're like, you know what? It's not probably for me. And I think too often, like it's great to want these big things and you know every, everyone wants to build this massive empire these days but i also think it's okay just to be like you don't need to do that either a lot of you like a lot of you could could just be happy working for a good pt company a lot of you could be happy or happier not necessarily trying to do the most scale you know the most giant growth ever because i don't know it just just my theory is that you don't, not everyone has to try and be a seven figure trainer, you know, like there's so much more to life. And unless it's your true, true passion to be crazy into business where you're going to be often months of getting paid, no work, you know, cause you're doing all the, the lead time. Like, do you kind of get what I mean? And like, do, do you ever get like people come to you consults and you're like, you know what? Like you're, you're telling me you want all these things, but right now, you know, you're a mum, you're a young mum, you've got three kids, you're doing this, you're doing that. Like it's okay to, you know, just be where you are right now and take a little bit of pressure off you. It's cognitive dissonance. It's when you don't really want what you say you want. It's like picking up a client who says she wants to get shredded and step on stage, but just doesn't ever win the weekend, can't ever finish Thursday to Sunday. And it's, okay. I think it's breaking up with the ideology that society places on you that you have to be X, Y, Z, but really also society doesn't place that on you. It's you that's viewing the content. It's you that's consuming the media that says you want to be six or seven figures, but stop going down those rabbit holes. Stop looking at the people 
who are pushing that that boss mentality if that's not what you want if you just want freedom if you just want time flexibility if you just want to be there with your kids and choose your own hours and run sessions out of your garage that is your purpose led profit that is your business that you are working on and that is okay and then you need to be happy with that because if you are constantly working towards a seven-figure business that you don't actually want you're not going to get those seven figures you're going to fall short of it you're going to feel shit and then you're going to feel guilty for hanging out with your kids which is the very reason that you created a home gym in the first place so with specific examples um, to that woman it's like you guys to your clients who feel guilty for having pizza and wine with their friends every weekend after working so hard during the week when they're not losing weight and getting shredded. It's like, well, you don't actually want what you say you want. And that's okay. You know, there's a lot of seven-figure business owners. If you look at Elon Musk or Alex Hormozzi or Gary Vee and talk to them about what they sacrificed and the years of their 20s that they sacrificed, whether or not they have kids, like, we have different value systems in life and you don't have to value the hustle. You don't have to value money. And this is why I'm often like, what would you do with those seven figures anyway? Like I'm coming back to those core needs of humans and being committed to your purpose and what you are doing. Money is just a vessel to get you there. It's just digits on a screen. And if you see like the smiling faces of your children every day and you love what you do in your garage. It's not about blowing up online or scaling your business. It's about getting great results, keeping your clients happy, getting a couple of new ones, but you don't even have to get new ones if you keep them for years on end. I also think though, through the rise of social media, people have really warped the perception of what a personal trainer is and success is, you know, like I feel I often see, you know, podcasts and literally, literally, basically it seems like every single PT who goes on a podcast is apparently a seven figure trainer. (laughs) Like almost every, it's like, Oh, he's a seven. I can assure you it's not true. Like, like so many people chat shit, absolute shit. And they, grossly exaggerate what they're doing and how much they're making and all this stuff. And then people hear it and they go, Oh, well, all these people have seven figure training. So therefore I should be. And it cre- creates this kind of what perception. It's kind of like when you open social media and you just see, if you follow fitness pages, everyone's like six pack abs, beautiful and stuff like that. And you go, well, fuck, I- I'm not that either right now. You know? So like, can you be? Yes. But it's not just like, just cause you're in- inundated with it on social media. It doesn't mean it's super, super easy. And, and I remember me starting out the most, the per- people I used to look up to were guys in the gym and they were doing 30 sessions a week. I was like, imagine having just 30 sessions of, of PT a week in the gym, like that's success, you know? So I know you work with a lot of people who have big, big goals. And obviously your goal is to help people do that. And you do that, but do you also find you have to, to a level, I guess, lower expectations to some degree initially, because I think a lot of people promise the world these days in so many things we see. And it's like, well, yeah, you could be that, but you know, that's the tip, tip, the top of the top of the top. So that is possible, but 
it's not just going to happen overnight. And I, I, and I, I know you've told me in the past, you know, I think a lot of people come in and say, like, I want to do these things. And it's like, well, let's maybe build and build and build. It's like, they kind of want to skip seven steps before they actually have a base. Yeah. I want to, I want to tell you about a trend, a pattern that I've noticed in this industry that I think is kind of problematic. And I've spoken to hundreds of personal trainers, right? And there's all these coaches selling seven figure businesses or seven figure revenue. And these, these PTs sign up to them. Um, But the truth is a lot of the time they struggle to fill their bucket in their business consistently. A lot of PTs may have eight online clients and they're actually too scared to say or tell the truth to people because they're like, I've only got eight online clients, but they're doing 30 sessions in the gym. I'm like, that's epic. So you've got 30 clients now and you're actually doing pretty well, but these trainers don't believe in themselves enough to actually think that they can achieve the seven figures in online revenue. So whilst you can sell a seven figure business, the, the people who are actually like, coming into that sort of business model or or that that product they don't believe that they can actually do it they don't know how they don't know how to do it and then when they have the comfort a lot of it is just about like helping them see clearly establishing founders vision helping them set goals and then all of a sudden it's i want to i want to make guidebooks because i don't want to work and so there's people who are so busy, so tired, so burnt out on the gym floor with only a few online clients that don't actually believe that they can do seven figures, but then they want to create a product for a few hundred bucks so they don't have to work. And I literally say to people like, how many leads are you getting a week? You must be getting so many leads. You must be getting a hundred leads a week. If you're thinking of cutting your price in half, you must be full and they're not full and they've only got, you know, 30 online clients even, and they want to cut their prices in half. And when you ask them why they want to do that, it's because they don't want to work. So you're buying into a seven figure business. That's what you, you, you say you want, but you're also literally telling me that you want passive income and you don't want to work. Name one seven figure business owner that you know that doesn't work. Like it, it just doesn't happen. And, and I think that's the, that's the problem. There's cognitive distance between people not wanting what they say they want. And it's, they're not willing to do the work and they think that they're just going to sell a guidebook. And you think you're going to go away and sell this automated passive program and an online course that you filmed before you even put people through it so you don't even know what these people actually want or need and you're going to go make money like this whole system this whole um saga that you buy into on social media when you have not got 100 or 500 online clients actually generating that that revenue it's a lot of work to get there it's a lot of work to stay there and it's a lot of work to build on it and I think people just don't want to do the work yeah, and it's always uh, probably the grass is always greener as well. You know, it's like, hey, if, if I'm doing this and it's kind of hard, maybe if I do something else, it'll be easier. 
and you know even if you're selling something much cheaper it's also always a lot of hard work as well to even get there and then it's constant work to get it out there and i think a lot of people just don't tend to realize you know whatever you do if, if you're doing pt in the gym online or you know selling programs challenges it's all hard work you know it's it's just choosing your hard and kind of going in your hard you it all requires constant work constant effort and yeah, it's hard whichever way. It's yeah, it's just kind of like choosing which one. Um, I want to get you out with um a question I have, and that is, what's one thing you've learned this year, um, working with clients? So obviously, you know, you work with a lot of clients, and you kind of you get a lot of problems and stuff like that. So, what's something you've maybe learned of working with a lot of people? Maybe something that you know you've implemented that's probably had a really big re- re- return quite quickly for a lot of coaches and or you know or just something that maybe coaches are just consistently making a mistake on one area i know you said confidence of stuff like that with the internet um before but like what is one area maybe you've learned this year and that you probably think well now i'm even better equipped to help coaches okay perfectionism is killing your progress waiting for or or taking six months and we kind of covered this on my podcast mark but trying to create something to sell that you think is going to be a home run and putting six months into it it's just killing your progress you need validation you need product market fit you need to be getting getting results you need to be doing the thing do the thing that you say you can do before you try and build something to automate it and Everybody who wants to go online, they've got the right idea. Build something that allows you to facilitate hundreds of clients. Tick, tick. But do it when you've got hundreds of clients to learn from so you know what to put in it, right? You want to know how to build a house before you move into that house. Don't just go and put all your eggs in one basket that you've never even um, tested or done. So I think perfectionism is slowing people down and the way that I work with my clients has changed because I am pro build, but I won't build your house anymore where, unless I've got all of the data and the evidence that this is the journey that we're taking. So I want you to be successful as my client because your success is my success. I want you to hit seven figures if that's what you want to do as fast as you can. So I'm not going to slow you down by doing something unfamiliar, like we spoke about making content, if you don't feel confident making content, it's going to make you feel shit and you're going to get in your own way and you're going to be really slow and terrible at it. But the reason that you are here is because you like helping people get results. So go and get results for people and just be really good at that. And then let's build your confidence in that so that you know for sure that you are an expert at what you do. And then you've actually got a group of people that support what you say, and then we can build out how you did it. So number one, I think the biggest lesson is perfectionism is slowing people down. And I often would mistake this for vision. Like I really love people in business who have a vision and they won't stop until it's done. But really what I'm starting to see here is that's perfectionism without without evidence. Um, and the second thing is proof, truth and proof selling is like a dirty word in the fitness industry, sales, 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 people don't like selling. I know you only asked me for one, but I'm giving you two. And truth and proof, there's a lot of 
emphasis on content creation and building websites. And I've done it for hundreds of trainers. I've built websites and I'm like, on your website, where is the proof? If you are truly good at what you do and you are genuinely passionate about helping people, then you should be doing that and you should have lots of proof of that, which will be a better salesperson for you than you can be. So um, all of your focus when you are starting out needs to be on doing the thing and getting results. And that is going to give you the confidence that you need, that you can say the shit that you say. Like I wouldn't show up and be like, I can build seven figure businesses if I hadn't done it a couple of times. Right. So you've got to have that confidence in yourself. And it comes from being truthful, being genuine with your market, helping people, proving that you can do it and, and overcoming that perfectionism mentality that's slowing you down. Awesome. I like it. Especially the perfectionism. I think we all kind of struggle with that at times and that's what often holds us back a lot from ever getting things out there. Um, thank you very much today, Jenna. Where can everyone find you? Um, yeah. Thank you guys so much for tuning in on Instagram. It is Jenna Davies marketing and online it's big appetite with a U upward trajectory, big And your podcast. My podcast is she's taking over and I would love so much for you guys to tune in. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Hope you enjoyed the episode with Jenna.